This is Propulsion, the financial professional's catalyst to exponential growth. Are you a driven and ambitious financial professional, but you are finding it hard to break through to the next level? Or are you struggling to build and run your practice successfully? Join François de Toy, a leading consultant and trainer, as he interviews not only the experts, but also people you have never heard of before, but who have done amazing things, about how they run their practices, the challenges they face, how they overcome those challenges, their failures, which tech has improved their business, how their revenue models work, and other practical aspects. We go deep so you can learn as much as possible. And here is your host, François de Toy. I think I've got something really exciting to talk about to you today and to share with you. And it's something that many financial advisors struggle with. Not only new financial advisors, but also existing financial advisors. Sometimes we find ourselves really, really struggling with this thing that I'm going to be talking about today. And what is that thing, Francois, you ask? Well, it is about really walking our own talk when it comes to managing our finances and how we go about uh, doing that because it does have a significant impact on the way that we do our job and the way that we work with clients and the way that we advise clients. Uh, where do we start? Well, I guess a good place to start is to really follow our own advice first. And what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is that we should really listen to our own advice the things that we are advising clients, the things that we're sharing with clients, the recommendations we make, uh, the things we educate them on, we should really implement those things in our lives ourselves. What happens a lot of times is that we are thinking in the back of our mind when we're advising clients, specifically clients that maybe got a lot of money and that's, that's had some success already, that, you know what, I'm telling you what to do, but please just don't ask me about my own finances because if you knew that, maybe you wouldn't be doing business with me. So this is such an important thing that we need to do. It's really, really important that you walk your own talk. It just brings about confidence. It brings about a lot of calmness, a lot of openness when you are dealing with clients. And I will get into this a little bit later in the video as well to sharing with you what the impact is if we don't do this. But what is very important is that we start doing these things and thinking about these things right from day one. And that doesn't mean by all that if you find yourself three, four, five, ten years down the line still grappling with some of this that you can't make a change today. Maybe consider appointing your own financial advisor, you know, because you can always chat yourself into something. You can always say, sort of come up with a reason why you, you can make a purchase, why it's justified and why you want to spend money on something specifically. But if you've got somebody independent advising you on your own things, not only will you have somebody that's going to tell you, listen, you shouldn't be doing this or you, you should be considering doing it in another way, but you'll also be learning a lot from that person. So one of my suggestions is that financial advisors should get their own financial advisor. Don't be your own financial advisor. Then the next, I think, important aspect is that there's no way for us getting away from debt at all. But it is important to distinguish between good and bad debt and specifically from being a financial planner point of view, and I think specifically also from a point of view where we, you are starting to build your practice or you're still in that build phase, you know, 
as I said, you can't avoid debt maybe completely. If you could, that would be the perfect way to go about it. But in the event that you need to borrow money uh, to do something, you know, how do we distinguish between what is actually good debt and what is bad debt? So let's first talk about good debt. Now, good debt for me, when you are building this practice, and look, I mean, your circumstances will be different whether you are a single person with nobody to look after but yourself versus somebody who has a family and also starting off in this in this profession. You know, the, the pressures are completely different. Not everybody can move back to their parents, live there and, and wait until they, they've built their practice. That is reality. But when we do go about getting debt, the way that you can think about it is like, if I'm going to make or, or, or to incur this debt, what is the reason for it? Why am I doing this? And this for me is the distinguishing factor. If the debt will enable you to build and grow your business, in other words, you can take the money and you will invest it into your business and you know that you are going to get results because of it, then it is good debt. On the other hand then, what is bad debt? Well, bad debt is really when you go about obtaining debt, so you go and borrow money from someone to really fund your lifestyle. That is not good debt when you are a financial planner and specifically not while you are still building your business because as you know, this business is very unpredictable and also very volatile. So what you want to do is to say, well, if I do borrow money and I have to pay it back, then at least I must incur that debt so that I can build my business with that. Very, very important to look at it from that perspective. So some examples maybe in that regard. So for instance, you go and purchase a big house because you had six good months or 12 good months in terms of commission earnings and you would qualify for quite a considerable home loan. So you go out and buy that property. Now, as you know, uh, our commission is not set. And uh, so unless you've built up quite a nice stream of recurring income, uh, it's not a good idea because you can't predict really what's going to happen. Now, that is not a good because you do not need that house in order to build your business. On the other hand, let's take a car. You need to buy a car. Uh, a lot of people will tell you that, listen, go get a nice car because people need to see that you are successful because people like to deal with successful people and therefore get the nice car. But the bottom line is that you don't need that nice car. You just need a need a neat car. That is what you need. So you don't need a Mercedes-Benz. You can buy a car for 120, 130, or even less than that, uh, still in a very good condition. Definitely, you don't definitely do not need a new car. Uh, but what you do need, you don't want to rock up the Inneskadonk. That is definitely not what you want to do. But that is, uh, again, when I'm deciding to spend money on something, it must enable me to do business. And it must enable me to look the part as much as possible. But as I said, it doesn't mean that you need that Mercedes from day one or month six. And on that note, the next thing I want to talk about is this whole myth around fake it till you make it. So many people will advise you. You can look at videos on YouTube. You can speak to friends. You can speak to colleagues. And they will say, buddy, just fake it till you make it. And I don't believe in faking it till you make it. Why? Because I did it. And all it did was it just got me deeper and deeper and deeper into, into trouble uh, until you get to a point where you realize like this strategy is not something that is going to work. So faking it till you make it has all got to do with this good old saying about 
you know, keeping up with the Joneses or the Kumalos or the whoever lives next door. Uh, and, and there's quite a lot of these people in our lives that we want to show like, look, I'm successful. I'm successful. But, uh, all we're doing is we're putting more pressure, more pressure, more pressure, and just causing our own finances to become more and more unwell. And uh, I'm going to talk about the ramifications of that in, in just a second. But some of the people that we are really trying to fake it for includes people like your spouse, family, colleagues, friends. Those are the people that we are really trying to show that, look, it's me. I made it. But it's not a good long-term strategy. So don't fake it until you make it. Because more often than not, it happens that people will actually find out that you are not making it. Rather be honest. Share your journey. Uh, that is a much better strategy in terms, of, in terms of that. The last thing you want to do is fake it to clients and maybe let them see later on that. Listen, because what, what are you going to do 18 months or two years from now? When you decide to leave the industry and you didn't make it. But I thought this guy was so successful. This girl was so successful. That's not something that you want to, want to do. So let's, let's stop this faking it till we make it. Then the next part now is about if we do fake it, uh, and let's say now that it's not working for you, chances are very well that it won't work for you. What are the ramifications? Because what's going to happen is that because you're spending money on things to look successful, you are just going to get deeper and deeper into trouble. And that will cause you to be financially unwell. So what are the ramifications? Because that is what I would like to talk to you about. So it's all about the, the impact that this has. Because this unwellness is just something that messes with your mind and your spirit and everything. So what, what does this impact? This impacts... The advice that we give. If you are under pressure, you know that you need to sell. Otherwise, you can't pay things at the end of the month. You can't pay your assistant, maybe. You can't pay the car that you bought because you wanted to look successful. All of these things start to add up. And then it influences the advice you give. You'll push a little bit harder. And it's human. You'll do that. You'll push a little bit harder to get the sale when maybe you shouldn't be pushing. If we do that... It might mean that, yes, somebody doesn't have the guts to say no to you and then they purchase that prop, uh, that, that, uh, policy or they purchase the investment just to cancel it a month, two, three months later. The next thing is going to influence is the type of clients you take on because now you are going to look at any person that's got a breath and a heartbeat and they can actually sign, even if it's just with a fingerprint. You would take on anybody and you'll see as many people as possible. And that is also not a long-term, a good long-term strategy to follow. It's really important that you try and focus on your ideal client as much as possible from day one. And many people find that very hard. So now if you're under pressure financially, it just makes it so much harder. And you'll find yourself, even if you get through this, you'll find yourself at a place where now I need to restructure my business. I need to look at who I'm dealing with. I need to maybe terminate a lot of relationships and then try and find the ideal client. So at some point, you are going to have to do that. The next thing this influences is your behavior, the way that you act. A lot of times we become irritable or even worse, we go into a state of depression because of all this pressure, all the stress, all this worry. 
and that is not good for business. So now it impacts again who you're working with, the kind of advice you're giving, and all of these things just keep on, keep on, keep on piling up, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And the last thing that happens, or the last thing to go, is then your focus. And this is particularly the issue where now a lot, and I'm not a psychologist, but a lot of times we find ourselves in a state of depression. We don't even want to acknowledge that we are in a state of depression. Uh, we don't have the funds to go and get help with that. And uh, it's just the last place where you would want to be. Now, as a financial advisor, I believe that there are two types of expenses that you have. We have to spend money. But when you have to spend money, it's an expense. You can classify those into two specific types of expenses. So the first of the two types is the one that we all know best and the ones that we, we do with our thinking sometimes. And that is just plain old spending. And when I talk about spending, I'm talking about spending money on your lifestyle. So this will be the kind of house you live in, whether you eat out or not, uh, and how often you do that, how much you entertain, uh, the kind of clothes you wear, the car you drive, all of those kind of things have got to do with your lifestyle, the kind of schools that you put your kids in, etc. So those are all the spending kind of things. And a lot of the pressure that we find ourselves in, especially early on, comes from these type of expenses. The second type of expense is one that I refer to as an investment type of expense. So when something is an investment, it means like I make a decision between going to eat out or purchasing a online course or attending a workshop, something that's going to give me new skills and knowledge that I can apply and that can make me better at what I do. The only way to make more money is to be more skillful and to be better at what it is that you do and to add more value to the marketplace. And that it doesn't matter what type of business you're in, that is the way to do it. So when you look at an expense, you can ask yourself, is it easy to make this decision? Is this a spending expense? In other words, a lifestyle expense? Or is this really an investment into me and my business? Because then if you need to decide between those two, and you know, sometimes people will tell you but. When you are faced with a choice, take both. So early on, it's not always possible. You have to really decide what it is that you're going to do with your money. Is it going this way or is it going that way? And in that case, rather spend it on things that are, that you can classify as an investment into you, into your family, into your business, uh, and something that's going to help you really excel uh, in the long run. One of the dangerous things and and this just happens, it happens everywhere, is that when you start off, you know, you have people that give you advice because they made mistakes when they started and uh, they learned over the years, you know, what to do and maybe what not to do from their personal perspective. But my question is, when you are taking this advice, are you taking it from someone like you? And with that, what I really mean is, when you are considering who you're taking this advice from, and I ask, well, is it people like you? What I really try and say is, it's somebody who's new, somebody who's still figuring it out, someone who's had some lessons and that's learned, that's made some mistakes, but they are still under pressure. They are still, as I said, figuring it out. They are still trying to find their rhythm. They are still trying to find the way that they're doing things. Their intent is absolutely pure and their intent is good. And all they want to do is help because they don't want to see other people suffer the way that they are suffering. 
but recognize who's giving you the advice and where they are. I think it is much more prudent to take advice from people who's really gotten through everything and they've got it figured out and to say, well, what is it that we should be doing from day one? So things that you should rather be careful of as well is when you get advice like, you know, buy that car, buy that house, because people need to see you like this or they need to see you like that. And also create these expenses because that it's not a bad strategy because a lot of people thrive on the fact that, wow, I've got this car and this house to pay, so I better make it and I better work my butt off. So that's great, but that doesn't work for everybody. So the first point here is that you need self-awareness. You need to know yourself really well and to know what kind of pressure can you actually handle? What kind of stress can you actually handle? And then once you know that, you can decide, mm, am I buying that car because it's going to make me work harder? If that's going to work for you, I guess great. But if it's not, then you should avoid that like the plague. So those are all the things that you may have to look out for, the things that you may need to consider. But then what is a solid strategy that you can follow? And this is an idea. It's not something that will work for everybody or not everything in the strategy will work for everybody. But at least if you go and figure out what it is that will work for you, then that is what you should do. So the first point with any sort of financial planning in any event is really creating a budget, a monthly budget. But here's the thing. Most of us have done this and I'm, I'm still guilty sometimes where you do a budget and you don't look at it again sometimes for six months. So the real secret behind a budget that is successful for you in your planning is to track it on a weekly basis. So it's easy to do. You structure it in your diary that this half an hour or an hour on a Friday, that's what you sit and do. Or even on a Sunday evening, invest the time and say, well, I need to know what did I want to do with my money? What did I do with my money? Where do I need to make corrections? Because it's much easier making a correction in week one and week two than getting to the end of the month and realizing that, oh crap, I didn't sort that. So now you sit with a problem. Then I think most one of the most useful strategies is to postpone upgrading your lifestyle. I'm not saying don't upgrade your lifestyle, but what is important is that when you have those six great months, is to put the money away, create that emergency fund, create those kind of things and make sure that you've got cash. And uh, don't just go out and say, well, I've written 100,000 rand a month or 50,000 or 20,000 rand a month, whatever that number is for you. And now I can go and buy that house or buy that car. So don't do that. Rather make sure that that income is consistently staying there. Six months is not enough. 12 months, 18 months, two years. That would be my, my, my advice. If after two years you've really built this consistent income and you know that you've been doing it for two years, then it's safe to upgrade your lifestyle. And uh, very important, don't upgrade it to the point where you are spending every single cent that you get in your bank account on maintaining this lifestyle. Then something I'm sure that you pick up with your clients, uh, but it is as relevant to, to advisors as it is to, to clients, is this lack of communication around money. Now, maybe you are single, maybe you are married. Uh, specifically when you are married, it is so crucial for spouses to talk about money. And if you've got kids, the moment they can start and understand, involve them in these discussions. Money isn't something that we shouldn't be talking about or that's this big secret unless there's something dodgy going on. So obviously there's not, so then why not talk about it? If everybody's on the same page, they know what's going on, it is the best gift that you can give 
specifically your children in terms of that. So talk to each other. Uh, and even if there's other people dependent on you, maybe you're not married, but there are people that are financially dependent on you. Involve them in the discussions. Make sure they know what's going on. And uh, that is one of the best ways to take that pressure off you. And uh, specifically this thing about let's fake it then. And then at least they think I'm doing well, but they're also not allowed to look at my bank account. So we don't want to do that. Then I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You know, before post uh, upgrading your lifestyle, first create that emergency fund or what I like to call a cash buffer. When you have cash in the bank, it brings freedom. It means that you don't have to worry about unforeseen circumstances. It also means that you've got money when there are maybe certain opportunities that come along. Maybe there is a house that comes up that somebody decided to immigrate and they just want to get rid of the property and suddenly you have cash for the deposit uh, versus being locked up in this little townhouse or something that you now bought with the money that you have and now you don't have enough money to put towards a cash buffer in the first place. So very important, build up a cash buffer as much as possible. Then instead of keeping up with the Joneses and the Kumalos and the the brains and all these people, keep up with you. Do what is right for you, do what is right for you and your family, and then you know that you're doing the right thing. Don't care about what other people say. Know, yeah, you have to be presentable. Know that you have to look good when you arrive with at, at a client. All of those things still apply. But all I'm saying is don't try and live beyond your means. Live within your means and just keep up with you. Because a lot of times these people that it looks like they are doing so well, it's not really going so well. And then as far as expenses are concerned, focus on expenses that are investments in nature. I think they are the much wiser choice. And here with, uh, I mean, it can be putting money away into investments itself, but I'm really talking about investing into things that are going to make you more valuable. The more valuable you are, the more money you'll make anyway. So rather focus on those types of, of, of investments. Then lastly, my suggestion is get a mentor. It's sometimes hard. You can also get a coach. A lot of times these coaches do charge. If your business offers coaching uh, as part of their value proposition to you as an employee, then really make use of that. Uh, but also make sure that you gel with that coach. Make sure that they that they really care and that they really want to help you succeed. Uh, that is very important. And then a mentor is usually somebody that can share with you their experience and their knowledge. And they can also guide you. And a lot of times that there's no cost involved with that. But be very careful about the mentor you choose. Thank you very much. As I said at the beginning, we really appreciate your time. Look after those finances. Look after yourself. Look after your family. And I wish you only the best. Thank you for listening to Propulsion. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. This will help us tremendously. For more about Propulsion and other valuable information, please visit our website at propulsion.co.za.